The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. A man who needs no introduction. The Black Information Network is committed to bringing you up-to-the-date news stories that are relevant, informative, and inspiring. And while news stories are always being updated and others are breaking, we understand that you need to be in the know all week long. Welcome to your midweek memo on the Black Information Network daily podcast with me, your host, Ramses Ja. Okay, first up, a third of young voters said they wouldn't want to be friends with someone who voted for a different presidential candidate. This according to a poll as reported by Business Insider. Generation Lab and Axios to 1,073 young adults revealed that 33% of respondents said they would definitely not or probably not be open to being friends with someone who voted for the opposing party's presidential nominee, selecting Republican former President Donald Trump or Democratic current President Joe Biden specifically. Monday's survey comes around seven years after a Monmouth University poll found that 7% of voters said that They ended friendships over the race between Trump and Hillary Clinton. Those friendships ended, the poll found, as 70% of respondents said the presidential campaign, quote, brought out the worst in people, unquote. Finding increased political polarization in the country isn't particularly new. Researchers have reported the country's rapidly increased polarization for decades, with one poll even finding in 2022 that 43% of U.S. adult respondents predicted a civil war erupting within the next decade. The U.S. also, of course, went through an actual civil war between the nation's northern and southern regions in the 1860s. So um, this is something that we kind of all knew, I think, on some level that we are more divided now than we've ever been. And I think that we know that it's difficult to have the conversations that we're always encouraged to have, particularly because now, because of the combination of social media and the misinformation and disinformation that is prevalent on social media and 
the polarization of Trumpism and the MAGA movement that we find ourselves not just politically divided, but indeed subscribing to entirely separate realities. Um, one of the things that Q Ward constantly reminds me is that we can't even agree on the facts. And if we can't agree on the facts, then it's very difficult for us to agree on how to interpret those facts or to come up with a plan to deal with the real issues that are affecting this country. Is climate change real and man-made and affecting the, the balance and the ecology of this planet? There's a group of people that say no to one or more of those conditions, qualifiers. And so getting a consensus on what to do about that is extremely difficult. And you best believe there's going to be a candidate that says, yes, this is absolutely something that we need to be worried about and we need to take divisive action, decisive action. Um, and then there's a candidate who will be divisive and say those guys are crazy and they're there's a they're trying to exploit you and get your money and this is a hoax and on and on and on and so we end up again not agreeing on the facts and it's the candidates that really exploit that gap in between fact and fiction that many people are not educated enough to even have a a real valuable opinion. They just parrot the opinion of people who they agree with three or four other things that they um, feel sound like they're going to enhance their lifestyle or echo their sentiments or their sensibilities that they just kind of go along for the ride. And because of our cognitive bias, all of us, I'm not pointing fingers, myself included, we have a tendency to seek out and consume information that confirms what we already believe to be true. And I will say that, you know, as a journalist, I try my best to view both sides. Um, but I, I do have a certain sensibility when it comes to a given article. Um, and I will read it and see it through that lens. And so while I've become very practiced at trying to view things from both sides, I recognize that um, there's always going to be a bias. There's always going to be a slant somewhere, either, either how it's written or how I interpret it. But I think, again, the problem is what are the facts and why are the politicians that we're electing um, allowing these two separate route realities to be chronicled um, on on both sides of the the political aisle and then that leads to of course an increase in the block button usage i'm sure that's now at an all-time high and again i believe it's due exclusively to trumpism and the maga movement and um social media sites taking center stage with misinformation and disinformation being so much more prevalent moving on 
Uh, I'll share a bit from Newsweek. More than 50% of Americans now support the construction of a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. This according to a survey that showed a dramatic increase in public concern over illegal immigration. According to the Monmouth University poll, 53% of American adults say they favor building a wall along the southern border against 46% who are opposed and 1% who are unsure. The figures represent a stark turnabout from April 2019 during Donald Trump's presidency when 56% were opposed and only 42% in favor. Monmouth University has been polling American voters on the construction of a border wall since 2015 when the idea was popularized by Trump. Then a 2016 Republican presidential candidate, the only previous Monmouth survey to find a plurality in favor of the border wall was conducted in September of 2015 during the Obama administration when 48% were in favor and 43% were against it. Illegal immigration over the southern border has surged in the past few years with 2,475,669 encounters between migrants and law enforcement recorded in the 2023 fiscal year, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Trump, the clear favorite for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, has made cracking down on illegal immigration a centerpiece for his bid for a second White House term. Um, so, I believe that these numbers aren't shifting as significantly as the boldness of the headline would indicate. Somewhere between the mid-40s and the mid-50s are either for a border wall or against a border wall at any point in time. Um, now, that 10% shift is, that's not nothing, but it's not like it was 10% against and 90% in favor ever, nor was it, you know, 10% in favor and 90% against, you know. So, um, I I looked at that and I felt like, okay, maybe this headline is... It might be a little misleading. Also, you know, Republicans have admitted to a passing a border deal so that Trump could campaign on it. So, or, or rather, they've admitted to tanking a proposed border deal and not passing it so that Trump could campaign on it. Um, so at present, Trump and Republicans are actively stoking fears of a southern invasion and that very well could have impacted these numbers. Now, I'm not going to ignore that there has been an increase in encounters on, on our southern border um, and that that could factor into this um, very easily. But I think that for people to now favor a wall as a potential solution more than they did under a Trump presidency, um, I think that there's a few, there's a convergence of a few factors there. Um, and a lot of that probably has to do with, again, Republicans um, playing to the fears that we are being invaded and, you know, the great replacement theory and, you know, the Jews are replacing us and all that sort of stuff that is really found on the far right. And, for people that are on the right who might have some associations with folks who end up being on the far right, it's very easy for this misinformation to diffuse through those communities. So something else. To this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep in mind. The Black Information Network. I think it's caused us really to focus on the equity and inclusion piece and not just the diversity piece. Celebrating Black history. Then. The die is cast, as I said. We're not asking. We're saying this is the way it's going to be. And now. Making sure that, yeah, that was a first, but it won't be the only time that that's happened. We want to make sure that we can continue to do new things. Because our story continues. This is your midweek memo on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast with me, your host, Ramses Ja. All right, this from TMZ. Diddy has just been sued by a man claiming the mogul sexually assaulted him. In legal docs obtained by TMZ, 
Rodney Jones, a former producer and videographer for The Mogul, claims he was repeatedly sexually assaulted by Diddy and subjected to unwanted advances by associates of Diddy at his direction. <sighs> All right. Jones claims Diddy, among other things, would grope Jones's genitals and touch his anus. Jones goes on to allege that he would parade around naked in front of Jones. There are more allegations, he says. A female cousin of Diddy's girlfriend, young Miami, also sexually assaulted him, allegedly attempting to have sex with him in front of Diddy and members of his staff. And there's more. Jones says Diddy brought prostitutes to his house in Miami. And on one occasion, Jones says he was present at the house and was drugged and possibly raped. Jones claims Diddy directed Stevie J and his son Justin Combs to recruit prostitutes, and in Justin's case, he was instructed to find underage girls to attend the parties. Jones claims Diddy introduced him to Cuba Gooding Jr. on Diddy's yacht, and Cuba allegedly began touching, groping, and fondling Mr. Jones' legs, his upper, inner thighs, near his groin, the small of his back, near his buttocks, and his shoulders. Um, and I'll spare you the rest of the details of this, because... You can read it for yourself. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do want, in the, in the interest of you know sharing the other side of this, um, there's an update to the story. CBJ tells TMZ, these allegations are false, and my lawyer will be handling this going forward. And uh, a representative for Justin Combs told TMZ, Justin Combs categorically denies these absurd allegations. They're all lies. This is a clear example of a desperate person taking desperate measures in hopes of a payday. There will be legal consequences for all defamatory statements made about the Combs family. So Rodney Jones is suing for $30 million um, and he's saying all of these things, that there were these repeated unwanted sexual advances. Because of the lack of like firm language here, um, alleged... Uh, uh, possibly attempting to have sex, allegedly attempting to have sex, this sort of stuff. It feels like using the type of language to get people fired up to get the support you might need to win $30 million. And when you look at what happens with Cassie and you think back, you know, there was that one time when he was, he said that little weird and he, you know, he was saying this stuff and whatever, and, you know, who's to say? You know, but I I don't want it to seem like, again, that I don't believe that these things happen. I would like to see the documentation that is provided in court that says, hey, you know, I've asked for this to stop or, you know, whatever. Um, I asked repeatedly, you know, anything like that where I can say, OK, so there there is now a clear violation of a person's personal boundaries and that it was. 100 percent sexual in nature before I condemn any black man to being written off completely. It, it just feels like, you know, the court of public opinion moves differently than the court of law. And the burden of proof is certainly a lot higher in the court of public opinion. People can just make up stuff and say it. And if two or three other people make up some stuff that is plausible and say it as well, then now you start to notice a trend. But again, having a having proof and having a burden of proof, um, I think that changes the optics quite a bit. And for me, that is kind of what I'm waiting on. So we'll see what happens. But 
um, you know, they all deny this stuff, you know, Diddy and Stevie J and Justin Combs and this individual Rodney Jones says it happens. So again, we'll see. Um, finally in sad news, something came across my desk on Monday after we recorded the weekend recap and it's been on my heart ever since. There is a, uh, a video of a young soldier who decided to protest the war in Gaza by setting himself on fire, a fire that ultimately cost him his life. Um, his name was Aaron Bushnell, and uh, I'm going to share a bit with you of his final moments now. I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest, but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. So now he's walking up to the Israeli embassy in D.C. He's doused himself with a fluid, puts his hat on, and he's taking out what appears to be a match, and he's trying to strike the match and light himself on fire. I'll spare you the rest of that, but he is, if, in case it was unclear, he was yelling out, Free Palestine. Um, and that was live streamed uh, to Twitch. So that's how the video started to make its its rounds. And there's, you know, there's it's been interesting to see people's reaction to it. You know, um, of course, there's been some facets of the um, pro-Israel, pro-Israel's response <laughs> side of things. Um. that have like kind of made light of this. You know, I remember seeing a post that said, you know, our, our enemies are, they kill themselves. Um, but then, you know, there's a whole other side of things where there's mostly people who are in support of a ceasefire, people who are in support of a, you know, free Palestine who are looking at this young man as, having made the ultimate sacrifice. And I, I know that there's a lot of sadness in the world. And I know, I, I could see how a person could just not want to be here anymore. What, why are we so cruel to each other? What, what gives me the right to condemn someone else? What gives someone else the right to condemn me? 
Was I just lucky to have been born where I was born? Where I don't have to worry about bombs falling on me or picking my children's legs and arms out of rubble. And when that sadness wells up and you feel like there's no end in sight and you know what value do i have over you know these other folks where do i belong what is my place in all of this what can i do to matter to make some sort of meaningful change a person might end up at a, at a place like this and and it's really sad you know a lot of p people are looking at a, his mental health of course and obviously we need to question that you know, how was he doing mentally? But he seemed pretty sure about what he was trying to do. You heard him talking. He seemed pretty sure. He knew what Palestinians were going through. He said, what I'm about to do is nothing compared to what they're going through. And, you know, that, that all-consuming sadness, um, you know, in his words, is what caused him to take that action. Um, I'll share a bit from TMZ. The Air Force said in a statement on Monday, the individual involved in the incident succumbed to his injuries and passed away. Um, and then I want to share a bit more. Uh, this comes from dataforprogress.org. Around two-thirds of voters, 67%, including majorities of Democrats, which is 77%, independents, 69%, and Republicans, 56%, support the U.S. calling for a permanent ceasefire and de-escalation of violence in Gaza. And... I also think it's important to mention that in December, more than three quarters of the 193 member UN General Assembly voted to demand an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. General Assembly resolutions are not binding, but carry political weight, reflecting a global view on the war. Of course, that was in December. Um, and to date, the only country that voted against the UN resolution is the United States. And they voted against the resolution on October 18th, December 8th, and February 20th. Uh, it's important to note that the UK abstained from voting three times and that Russia abstained from voting on October 18th. Um, every other vote from the other countries in the chart uh, have voted in favor of a ceasefire. Um, and this, the source I'm getting is from aljazeera.com. So that is, is a very troubling thing. Um, and yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that I shared that with you so that you know, kind of how people in the country and people in the world are feeling. And, um, Aaron Bushnell has now, brought this conversation back up. So I'd imagine I'll be talking about it more in the coming weeks. So we'll leave it right there. So don't forget these and other stories can be found at BINnews.com. And uh, we'll talk again soon, right? This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, 
mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.